A little over a year ago, I sat down to this incredible project you now know as Into Final Space. Since then, someone has listened to an episode of this podcast almost 10,000 times. We have listeners from over 50 countries. We've had 27 episodes with 26 cast and crew members, seven fans, and several specials. But now I finally have the chance to change the game a bit. My name is Gabe Jones, and I want to welcome you to Into Final Space Volume 3, Fans, Creators, Episodes. This season of the podcast, we'll be welcoming 23 members of the cast and crew of Final Space to discuss the show alongside 23 hand-picked fans that went through an application and interview process to get them here. It's been my dream to unite these three things and have fans talking with creators about the show that we all love so much. Unlike the rest of the podcast, I'll be playing the role of a moderator, interjecting questions and comments here and there, but our fans will be leading the show, giving you insight into each episode and final space as a whole. So, welcome to episode one. First, big thanks to SkyGuy95 for our awesome new intro, and to Jake Sidwell for the music that you'll hear in the intro, outro, as well as background music throughout the episode. Today we welcome back both a fan and crew member we've heard from before. Discussing Season 1, Chapter 1, welcome to the show, Final Space Art Director Devin Roth, Devo, and Fantrexian JD. Every episode of Final Space, 23 fans, storyboard artists, producers, composers, animators, designers, voice actors. Welcome to Volume 3 of the Into Final Space Podcast, hosted by Gabe Jones. And we are on Skype today with our very first episode of Into Final Space Volume 3. Super, super exciting. Uh, I am welcoming art director Devo and our fan tricks on this episode, JD. How are you guys doing today? Doing very, very good. How are you doing, Gabe? I am surviving. I'm, I'm, doing, I'm doing well. And I'm also doing all right. I'm chilling here at home, all cozy, a little nervous, but I will do it. I'm excited, <laughs> super pumped. All yeah. right. Super yeah, excited I'm, to have you guys. I'm doing pretty damn pretty darn good too. Um I got a nice delicious water beverage with me and uh I've got comfy clothes on, so I'm I couldn't be better. <laughs> Very nice. All right. Uh just to start off, uh of course you both have been on the show before, but I want to just give a little bit of an introduction. Um Diva, will you tell us exactly what you do on Final Space? Yes. So I am the art director for Final Space. Uh, I have been the art director since the very beginning of the show. Um, I am currently uh, in the middle of working on season three of the show. And um, yeah, we um, I'm excited because, you know, I always look at this show as a as an incubator for for bringing in really um great talent regardless of how long you know they've been working in the industry or not working in this industry and I'm very proud to um make this a, a playground to to make uh, amazing artwork and uh and come up with some some ways that we can push the, the envelope um with the, the the direction of where we take the show yeah definitely it's always uh it's interesting to talk to crew members just from a little bit everywhere, whether they've been in field for years or this is their first job. Uh, and we're so excited to have 
all kinds of people to talk to this season with podcasts. Um, and then, of course, our friend checks in today is JD, who we've also had on the podcast before. Um, JD, do you want to give a little bit of an introduction on yourself? Hello. Well, for those of you uh, faithful listeners, I was on the podcast about like almost exactly a year ago when the season two trailer came out for Final Space. I was talking with uh, Color Mix, my good buddy. And uh, what I do, um, well, I'm an aspiring artist of sorts. Uh, I hope to get into any fields um, of animation or illustration, whatever, with uh, character design and honestly anything that I can find an interest in. And um, yeah, that's about it. Awesome. Yeah. Well, for, for viewers or listeners, I guess, uh, newer to the podcast uh, this season, I am taking a step back. Uh, I will be, you know, kind of moderating, uh, listening in more than asking questions. And our fan is uh, kind of driving the episode and hosting a little bit more. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to step back. I'll probably throw some stuff in here and there. Um but JD, you have the floor. Please take it away with your first question. All right. Forgive me if I stutter or like repeat myself. <laughs> you were <whew>. fine. <laughs> All right. So I have a list right here. I'm going to ask some questions. All right. So All number right. one. All right. How was the uh, production like in the first episode after all of the development and visual tweaking from the pilot's designs? Did you have like any stories or specific memories from that? Um, I, I would have to say that, you know, the, the biggest thing for me was what, what could I bring to this idea? What could I bring to this show? The, the, the pilot itself was, um, a, a good starting point, um, had, had some, had a, um, a great blueprint for what Olin essentially kind of wanted to do with it. Um, what really drew me to the idea was that, um, it had some, you know, it definitely had its goofy moments, but it also had some level of seriousness to it that I really found interesting and, and different. And from me coming from a, um, you know, comedy sitcom background and children's television, it was really refreshing to kind of look into something like that. And I've always wanted to do a little bit more serious type of, um, animation in in um, in the world of um, design and storytelling. So it was a great opportunity for for me to kind of jump in there. And um, um, I think you know when I jumped into it, I tried to essentially use my eye of of taking what I saw from the pilot and and um, address some certain things that I, I felt could be improved upon um, and would help um, the overall performance of animation in the long run. Where um, things like um, adjusting Gary's hair, because I thought his hair was a little bit too stringy and, uh, and busy. Um, proportions of certain things, I felt like Quinn was very um, kind of bland, just, just kind of like a basic character. Um, didn't really have a lot going for her um, in the design. Um, let's see what else. Um, just, just kind of overall little tweaks here. I felt like the backgrounds were very, very um, um, set in a in the children's show sort of setting, and I, I wanted to kind of approach it a little bit more cinematically, which is 
ultimately kind of how Owen wanted to do it too. So my approach was to, to kind of go darker with it. Um, but season one was a little bit tough because I think they were a little bit hesitant, you know, they meaning the, uh, you know, the people at um, the network and e even, you know, some of the producers and stuff, you know, a, a lot, a lot of the time, I think, you know, there's a safe place that people like to stay in just because it's, it's, it's been successful for them in the past, you know, like your Simpsons, your family guys, um, even your Rick and Morty's and stuff like that. Um, shows that, uh, you know, they, they point to and say, look, that made, you know, lots of money and has a nice big fan base. Do that. And I personally don't like to do that. I like to try to kind of expand upon it a little bit. Granted, the, the, the design style of, of like the characters in Final Space use a lot of the same type of ideas as a lot of these other shows, but I think what I try to do every season is try to adjust a little bit so that we can push ourselves into a different direction and make our show stand out from, from the rest. Um, yeah, does that kind of answer the question? Sure. Oh yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah, that's this. I think that's one thing everybody noticed when, especially like the season one trailer dropped. Um, I mean, many of us knew of Final Space from being fans of Olin and such. Um, I think new people like that never watched an Olin Rogers video before kind of saw this as something that stepped out from the crowd that was a little different than anything else that they'd seen before. And kind of that's what drew a lot of people's eye to the show. Oh, yeah. I remember the Instagram ad that did it. I think I remember exactly where I was. I was in my old college like dining area. I was scrolling through Instagram and then I saw an ad for it. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, what is this? I have to know what this is. So through that, everything Olin centric has happened. I've just dove right into all of this stuff and it's like my life has been better ever since <laughs> that's great that's so awesome to hear i i'm um you know i i've been doing animation for for 20 years now um and uh it's it's this is something i've always wanted to do and, and i i i love creating art and stories that that really affect people in a certain way but um in a positive way, whether it's a sad story or whether it's a positive story, it, you get some sort of emotion that makes you feel something. And I think Owen has a really good good way of of doing that with with his storytelling. And I didn't know anything about Owen like when I signed up for this project. I had no idea. I think the day before I went in for the interview, I watched one of his videos on YouTube, and I said to myself. Because he's very, very eccentric on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's he's really good at the the YouTube stuff. But um, I was a little bit um, nervous going into it, thinking, "Oh my God, am I going to be able to match this energy this dude? <laughs> like, got so much energy, it's crazy." Uh, and, and it was like completely opposite. He's super down to earth and, and really easy to talk to, and. Um, a good friend that looks after you and um, wants the best for you. And so I, I try to be as loyal and, and trustworthy with him because he's given me so much uh, to be able to um, try to make this show as, as good as possible within the, um, the realms of, of my power. <laughs> sure. Yeah. It really shows just the quality and like how much people care about it and how like different it is. That's just, 
it's a work of art, man. You've done amazing. <laughs> yeah, and, and and you know, and a lot has to do with you know you guys, you know, the, the community itself. I think you guys uh, really do an amazing amount of work. Um, you know, with fan art, with you know the podcast, with the discords that everyone um, has put together. It's 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 great to be. Um, um, it's great to to see you know, that you guys are enjoying it so much because it pushes me and it pushes the, the rest of the team um, a lot harder to to make the show that everybody wants to see. Because, you know, a lot of the times uh, these shows really take time to grow. You know, you need to, to, to really figure out the footing before it gets good. A lot of shows from, you know, that we've all grown up um, watching you know, they, they have their first couple of seasons where they're really kind of figuring their voice out and, and visual, both visually and storytelling. And I think, um, you know, the, the loyalty that you guys showed to us just um, is going to be extremely fruitful in the future because of how, um, how um, I don't know, how exciting this show is ultimately to not only ourselves but to the uh um, the powers that be you know at at turner and cartoon network you know they're finally letting us make the show that we want they're letting they're not like you know micromanaging us like crazy with notes and stuff like that which is awesome because um you know olin david and, and the rest of the writers can really do what they want and you know i can do what i want you know and that's the great thing with olin is he's got so much trust put into me that I don't have any anxiety going to work about what I want to do or it, whether or not Olin's going to like something because I'm, I, if I don't like it, then Olin's not going to like it. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. JD, your uh, next question. All right. So, um, I hope this one makes sense. Uh, but, uh, number two, all right. Uh, your idea process for designing a Terracon Prime as the uh, Lord Commander's temporary headquarters, and I, I just love like how it's a chunk of a pre-existing planet. Like that itself tells a story. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, so you want me to give you a little like backstory on that? Yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah, definitely. So um, I, I don't know if you guys saw recently, but I had posted something on Twitter uh, that's very near and dear to me, but. Uh, I saw. I know a lot of people love Ash, and Ash is definitely one of my favorite characters. But uh, is it the I, Dino um, Riders thing. Yeah, Riders. yeah. yeah so I got it. I I know. I always kind of talk about this, but uh, that that show. I, I'm I've been a Dino dinosaur fan my whole life, and uh, you know, Jurassic Park was definitely the movie that changed my life um, as far as me wanting to be. Um, more in, in the visual side of, of things and uh, just me just growing up drawing dinosaurs all the time. And uh, Dino Riders was my, my, you know, Saturday morning cartoon that I'd watch all the time. It was when I had, when we had VHS tapes and stuff, I'd watch this VHS tape of Dino Riders when I was a kid all the time, constantly. And the toys were just freaking amazing. They're so cool. And I still have one of my original, a couple of my original toys in my uh, office here and it's like my my museum gem you know and um it's just such a cool idea and i 
if I ever had the chance to, to reboot it and do it my, my way, I would love to do it. But um, the things the, the, the things that I really take away from that show is, and that kind of reminds me of Final Space a lot, is, you know, there's there's an alien, there's aliens going after these, these humans. Uh, I'm not going to go into depth in the, the lore and the story of it, but, uh, you know, they... They crash land in the, in in the, in the past on the Earth, and uh, each side, the aliens and the humans, kind of create their own like uh, um, basically their bases and stuff, and and brain box and capture dinosaurs for their own like personal you know games and stuff like that. You know, the humans use use the dinosaurs to protect themselves from the aliens and vice versa. Um, but I always liked like the aliens of Dino Riders because I thought they were super cool looking. I loved their like outfits. It was all in that kind of GI Joe like vein of design where they all like had human proportions and stuff like that. Um, but I always liked that the, the, the aliens were kind of stuck in this sort of like volcanic volcanic world. You know, it's like so cliche of like where bad guys would be hanging out in like this like dark volcanic (laughs) sort of area. And they had, you know, they basically took the ship um, that they were, you know, uh, chasing the humans. They took the ship scraps and stuff like that and built it within the the uh, uh, the rock of the um, uh, of the volcano that they were living in. I built this really cool like brain boxing structure that they would just like lure dinosaurs in and brain box them and and you know brainwash their minds so that they can use them to do evil things and stuff like that. And the the evil like dinosaurs always happen to be like <laughs> carnivores for some reason, um, which was funny. But uh, I always liked um, you know that idea of of taking like metal and rock and and mixing that in together. And I think. Ultimately, uh, Olin had an idea that this like Lord Commander's, um, you know, home world would kind of be on this giant rock. Like it was a silo that just kind of smashed into it or just like this giant ship or something that kind of smashed into it. And um, I always liked that idea of of creating sort of like um, like uh, tiered kind of platforms or tiered sort of living spaces of um, um of like a home world where kind of like you know it's it's sort of this world where you know lord commander is kind of like this dictator and all of these people all of these aliens are kind of just living on these like different tiers of poverty and stuff like that and um i always always like that idea of of kind of seeing all the little nooks and crannies of like where all aliens would hide into um i know there's uh there was a movie that i really like called uh well dread you know judge dread um there is a really cool like carl urban uh, movie called dread and they did that kind of same sort of thing where they had stacked sort of living spaces for this like you know um for all, all the poor people that lived in this this overpopulated city and i i really like that idea and i i thought that was um that was something that we could kind of experiment with along with the crystal thing you know it was more of this like crystal rock um kind of space rock that they kind of were living on and that was something that we kind of pulled from the uh the initial pilot because lord commander had this like big crystal ship that he was living on that kind of looked a little ridiculous um right <laughs> it's very pretty though it's very pink yeah it's very very pretty and you know i 
personally, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of like the color pink, and you probably oh, noticed within the show that you see it's it everywhere. <laughs> pink is the best. Yeah, and I, I probably use it more, way too much, especially in season one when we were when I was doing a lot of the color um, previous stuff. But um, yeah, I just I think I, I think you need to kind of have a sort of like um, palette, you know, that that best um, describes the show. Um, and what I what I like to do with like the the ships and stuff like that is the ships always have kind of a very matte sort of look to their windows and very very bright poppy colors, and it's it just really screams final spacey to me when you see different ships and they got like just really crazy colors in their windows and yeah and like really interesting the, design. yeah for the galaxy one I really just I just dug that it had like super pink windows like, yeah little yeah. detail definitely yeah. Yeah, and like you know, Invictus and stuff like that has like oh pink gosh. glowing. Yes. Ash has pink hair yeah. and stuff like that. And like I said, you know, so that whole the whole um, Lord Commander's homeworld thing kind of was inspired was inspired from Dino Riders for the most part. Because if you ever have a chance to watch it just on YouTube, you'll you'll see a lot of like similarities from the the stuff that I, I kind of pulled from it, but that's that's what I think art is is supposed to be. Art is supposed to be about like you know things that that really inspire you and really yeah, make you who you are. You know, sure. so um, all this stuff that I grew up loving and just you know my love for dinosaurs and just uh, anything cool, eighties um, kind of like pop sort of sci fi is is usually my go to, and um, uh, yeah, and I. And Olin, Olin's tried to write things for me too in the epi- in episodes of Final Space. That he's like, "Hey, I'm going to write you a Dino Riders theme for this episode," uh-huh. and he's done. Right. So, right. Um, episode. But I try not to use it for everything. You know, there's definitely a lot of different things that we we pull from from the sh- for this show in general. And and me and the supervising director Ben Bajella Jack, we we um, you know share an office normally when we're in real life um situations <laughs> of working together and uh we you know usually just kind of bounce ideas back constantly of like what we want to do and and now because we all we're all working from home you know um you know through this whole situation it's a little bit um trickier because um you don't really have that you know in the human human contact of being able to just talk about things you know randomly awesome cool uh jd another question all right so i think the last half of that um that answer kind of flows really well into my third question and um that is uh i'm curious on if the colors that were more prevalent in season one had a reason behind them like conveying a certain tone or mood um you mean you mean for a specific character or for like a specific sort of sequence in a in maybe the show? like um, I noticed like with the logos and stuff like at first uh, like when Final Space first came out it was like a lot of purples and blues and then with season two it's a lot more yellow and red. Um. E- yes, the the yellow and red stuff I think is more me. Um, you know, a lot of the palettes of the show is is basically you know my approach to this stuff. Um, the the logos and uh, the um, you know that that kind of treatment is is kind of more Olin's Olin's world. You know, um, the first you know the intro of of season one 
definitely wasn't what we wanted <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, internally. Um, just being honest, I'm sure you guys all know that. Um, we, we wanted, you know, that, the whole Gary falling into space sort of thing. Oh my God. Um, yeah. So amazing. And I wish that stuck, but I will. Yeah. And that's like, that's out of our control, you know, and yeah. uh, even out of Olin's control, because as much as he wants it, he has to abide by like, what studio notes why right and uh it's and i think you know it's kind of a learning process for them because then they realize oh you know maybe that's (laughs) the actual one so you know we tried to to do the best that we could um with what we had to make what they wanted and um yeah and i think season two we kind of had more free reign to do whatever we wanted which you know, season two's intro, we wanted to do more of like an X-Men, um, animated X-Men, the TV show sort of thing, where the, all the characters right. are kind of getting together and, and running, together, yeah. running right. towards sort of thing, just because we all loved X-Men as a kid. Um, so uh, I think as far as like the, the color palettes, yeah, I think the color palettes are getting more like... Um, more horrific <laughs> in a weird way like going <laughs> deeper yes. and darker and i'm into all the for aspect of things yeah so i'm rubbing my hands together yeah 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 we we love it too and that's where Owen's kind of told us for this season is to kind of dive deeper into the horror aspect of things and um so yeah it's it's a lot of fun you know and and season two was definitely you know we have a we had a new ship we had a new you know um way of thinking about things like completely changing the design aesthetics for back backgrounds for the characters like th- they probably think i'm crazy um like you know a couple like the directors and stuff but i was so anal about you know the the characters in season two like changing little little tiny things about them because i wanted them to look a certain way that um, I think it, I really had to like, like visually show them what I was changing because they couldn't see it if I just explained it to them. Right. But I think ultimately it makes the characters feel more like solid and more, um, um, and less puppety, you know, looking, cause that's yeah. the thing I don't want the show to be. And I, I don't want it to be like a puppet, you know, um, flat 2d show i want it to be really dynamic as much as possible you know and there's a lot of constraints with um um there's a lot of constraints but there is um you know some things that we can kind of get by sure cool all right okay hmm let me see my questions list here all right hmm all right any uh homages or like references to other media like in the first episode that may not have been obvious to the casual viewer maybe if, if at all the first episode of season one yeah. uh yeah oh um, or any episode really if you remember um well yeah we have a lot of homages there's homages to the movie sunshine i still um, to see that Oh, you, oh, trust me. When you see Sunshine, it. you will see a lot of comparisons to like Final Space, for sure. One of, one of Olin's favorites. Yeah, one of his favorite movies. It's a really good movie. It's If you're really into like sci-fi kind of like horror type of thing, it's it's really good. It's not like gory too or anything like that, really. It's more just kind of psychological thriller, I guess oh. you could say. 
Love it. But um, there's a lot of shots in um, in Sunshine where you're kind of inside of the helmet with like the the actor, and you're kind of looking through the glass of you know the helmet. And yeah. we did a lot of that same sort of stuff in in Final Space. And you know, you got your you know um, Iron Man heads up to you know um, HUDs. Um, you know, seeing through the glasses, like the HUD, you know, graphics are moving when, as the character turns. You know, oh, that's yeah. all Iron Man y. Um, I could definitely tell, like, oh, yeah, that's totally Iron Man right there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The show is definitely, you know, a, a, a collection of everybody's, like, loves of things, you know, in, in sci fi. <laughs> but we try to make it subtle. We try not to make it, like, you know, like a. Um, a cameo or something from mm-hmm. you know if you had like the predator hanging out with gary or something like that something <laughs> like silly <laughs> like that great. oh my god um but it's more just like you know shots and um compositions and, and things like that that we we more more or less borrow from um to make the show especially like in season two with all the uh, uh with the um the Kevins that kind of meld together and, and chase oh, yeah. around, you know, that's yeah. very aliens, you know. Um, oh, yeah. And even to the point where, you know, Locato is um, pulling the hatch and blowing, you know, the big Kevin out from the hatch. That's like directly from aliens, pretty much. Right, so. right. Um, but I like I like doing that stuff more rather than just like gaggy type of yeah. cameo type stuff. For sure. Because I think it's more um, interesting to me and, um, and and more fun. Yeah. Well, if you if you listen to a lot of the episodes of the podcast, and we often ask crew members like, "Hey, what you when when you were working on this, you know, what kind of uh, what were kind of your influences and stuff like that," and you'll get a little bit of everything from everybody, um, which I which kind of just goes to show, you know how all this comes together to kind of make this really coherent, really smooth piece of cinematic television at the same time, having input from everybody. It's really, really cool. Yeah. It's, it's, it's cool. And, um, you know, a lot of the times Olin will just ask us, Hey, if you guys want anything written in here, let us know, you know, and and most of the time, um, I, I don't like to put like, tell him what to do or anything like that because I want to, um, I want him to surprise me more with things. Uh, right. And like, and when he's, when he knows that I like certain things and he wants to write it in, that's more surprising to me than me just saying, you know, write the Ninja Turtles in there or something. <laughs> like that, which Best I crossover. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Final Space Ninja Turtles. Yeah, maybe we can do that. Love it. All right. So, next question. All right. Hmm. Okay. Especially um, with the first episode being, you know, the first of the entire series, uh, was there like any challenging aspects of this episode in specific, or I don't know, just like what's the most memorable thing on working on the first episode that you would say? Um, well, I'd say you know, season one was definitely way, way more challenging than any season one that I've done in a lot of a lot of shows that I've worked on. <laughs> Um, only because we did things way different than most productions do. So we were doing, I think we got up to 300 backgrounds at one point for episodes right. in right, season right. one. And that's I remember just because, them saying that. Yeah. And I had, I think my crew 
I had about 40 artists, 40, 45 artists, where we usually only have like half of that for a team to make this show. Um, but we had like, I think 12 layout, background layout artists. We had like 10 background cleaners or something. It was ridiculous. It was absolutely ridiculous. And so um, I think that the challenging, the challenging part too, is that we don't really have a lot of time for storyboards, you know, to, to really write these. Um, well, I mean, to write the scripts, that's a certain thing, but that, that's a, a different story, but to, to actually board like thumbnails and then do final boards, there's really not a lot of time and the teams are, are fairly, fairly small. So um, the, the boards tend to come out looking pretty, um, uh, pretty rough and loose, uh, which makes it a little bit tougher on my end to kind of figure out what's going on in the shot. So uh, uh, I, an example of this would be, um, you know, we'll have a sequence where Gary's in, this, in the ship in the commissary or something like that, because I remember this being a big issue in season one, where Gary's in the, in, in the commissary and I can't remember which episode. I think it was probably the second or third episode where we had a drone go into the, the ship and Gary right. smashed it. Yeah. But the way that it was it was boarded was super rough. And I didn't know what the hell was going on in the background. Like I didn't <laughs> know where we were in comparison to what we were designing. And I had designed with with um, my uh, uh, prop prop guys had designed like what the ship looked like because initially I thought we should design every floor of the ship, every single room of the ship. So I could give the, 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 the uh, director and the board artists like a good idea of where things were placed. But the problem with that and problem with that with, with, with the, a show like this is that things constantly change with the writing. So, um, you know, if, if, Olin needs like a specific room to be added that I didn't design at the very beginning Then I have to figure out how to shoehorn that in somehow, you know, and just magically appear. Like if you look at like, like Star Trek, like Star Trek, you, you it's kind of hard to know where everything is on that ship because right. um, you, all you really know about is like the bridge and like where they beam people up. And that's probably it. Everything else is just like random hallways that you could go anywhere for the most part. And they just add rooms when they need them, you know, for the story aspect. Right. But, it, but it's a giant ship, you know, so you could you could say, yeah, there could be a million like rooms in there. And it could be. Yeah. Like I remember with the uh, I have the big old uh, Galaxy One poster, like the internal of mm -hmm. it. Yeah. And I I just love stuff like that. If only it was like. They included it like shots of every single room. That would be that would be pretty fun. Yeah, and that one that one was cool too because we had already done that same sort of idea of breaking down like the ship and rooms and stuff like that. But the guy, the the, the dude that made that um, that cool piece of artwork, he added in like the cookie, or, like a um, I think like the bake shop, or I think right. he added yeah, like yeah. a couple yeah. different that we had never like put in there before because like that. The bake shop, that was a good example. Yeah, was wait, a joke. there's a bake shop on this thing? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. See, that was that, a joke that, that Owen just put in there last minute, and we had never, like, designed for that to be there. Yeah, the that, that kind of running gag. Come from somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so you had that, and then in season two with the, the Crimson Night, you had um, the bowling alley and the soda parlor yeah. and all that good stuff. Oh, right. 
Yeah. So um, season two, we we approached it thinking that that was going to happen, and that's why I didn't like you know break down every single room. I just we just had rooms that we knew the characters were going to be in more often than not, like the bridge, the commissary, um, the nav room, I guess too. And we started kind of designing those like first and, and try to make stories within those. But then obviously we'd have things, you know, where the story gets driven into a, an area like, you know, characters get hurt and we need a med bay or something like that. Right, so, right. You know, and the same thing is going, you know, is, is, is going for, for this season. We have to do the, those same types, types of things. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I think that is going to wrap us. Uh, thank you again to the both of you for being here, for asking great questions, JD, and for giving us great answers, Steve. Thank you so much to the both. Yeah, of you. absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. It's been a lot of fun. Super fun. It's, and I just want to squeeze in before this ends. It was a real honor talking to you, Devo. It's just st- still so surreal to me just to talk to the art director of something that I hold so dear to my heart. And it's just, thank you. Yes. I'll quit no rambling. Problem. Yeah, no, <laughs> thank you so much. And thank you everybody out there that, you know, that um, uh, submits artwork or retweets stuff or just has nothing but awesome things to say about, you know, the show. We really love it. And we really love what you guys do. And um, thank you so much from the, the bottom of our hearts. We really appreciate it. Wow. Huge thanks to both Devo and JD for talking to us about the very first episode of Final Space. We'll be making our way through each of the episodes of Final Space seasons one and two, each with a brand new fan and crew member. Thank you again for a year of this incredible experience. You're all incredible fans and I wouldn't be here without you. Until next time, follow me at Gabriel W. Jones on Instagram and Twitter and follow the show at Into Final Space on Instagram and Twitter as well. To chat about this episode, join JD and me on the Into Final Space podcast Discord server. We'll see you next time on Into Final Space. Thanks, guys. <laughs>